0: While we were in that moment of uh, or during the service, did anybody just real quickly saw something in the spirit that they think it's for the body in his church? Did you see something? If several of you saw something, you're just not used to someone standing up in the pulpit and saying, would you share it? You understand if we're going to be a family and we're going to grow together, you have to understand there's no big eyes and little U's in the kingdom. The scripture says that the lowly parts of the body are the ones that we're supposed to bestow more honor. You don't realize what it takes to run a sound booth in the back, do we, sometimes, and making sure the sound is good so that we don't have our ears that hurt. <laughs> we don't always understand what it's like to be that nursery worker till you're the one doing it, amen? So we honor everybody in this body that's doing their part, amen? And if you haven't found your place yet, don't worry about it. That's okay. God will find the right place for you to prosper here, amen? So... Um, I'm going to ask the question again to give you a moment. Did anybody see anything in the spirit they think is for the body here? Yes, sir, Mr. Frank. Yeah, it's too good to talk about it. Praise God. Amen. I just kept being reminded, Mark, uh, the Lord's had me recently just to reflect on the Lord, on what they call the Lord's Prayer. But just the first two words are our Father. And if you just think in terms of what you were saying in terms of family, he's just been driving home that it didn't start out our God, our Lord Most High, our whatever it starts out, our Father, which is all about relationship. It just can't say our Father without understanding there's sons and daughters and families. That's right. That's good. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. Amen. And, and one of the reasons why, and I've been doing this at the church that we're at, you know, methods work for only a season. Amen. And then what happens is the Lord says, well, wait a minute, you've made the method your idol, now I've got to change your method and I've got to put your focus back on me. And so Jesus is not a doctrine, he's a person. Come on. Come on. And so what, what I've been awakened to in the last few years myself, and, and I just want to give honor to a couple people in this room. One is uh, Papa John. Uh, Sandy's husband, I just want to cry right now because I love the man so much. Um, Papa John changed my life three years ago. Now, I've always been a man who ran after the Lord. I I always had a relationship with Holy Spirit. From day one, when I was born again, the encounters that I immediately started having were amazing. Uh, But a lot of the theology that I believed was not truth. You see, a good preacher can talk you into something and a better preacher can talk you out but the truth will always set you free Amen. and I found the truth in many ways along the timeline of my life my my journey on the timeline of life with the Lord God would break in and then a revelation would hit me and I'd get a paradigm shift and all of a sudden I was like oh okay Now, I didn't throw away everything I learned. The Lord just put it in the right order. And Papa John, when he brought the finished work to me, it was like, oh, my gosh. It was like a place of final rest. And I realized I didn't have to finish what Jesus already finished at the cross. I will tell you, his legacy lives on in Myrtle Beach. As I'm ministering to other pastors in the community, we have a pastor's luncheon where over 25 pastors have started coming. And we're just having one-on-one time with them as we go to lunch. There's one particular pastor who has a very large church there. And at that particular church, he was struggling. And this is what most of the pastors say, on their wits' end, they're ready to quit. And it's finally like God says, gosh, I can finally use you. You have independently tried to help me for so long, you've worn yourself out. And so as I was ministering the revelations I got from uh, Papa John to him, as I marinated it in this truth for two years before I started ministering it, by the way, really ministering it, um, you can't give away what you don't own. So as I was sitting down at the table and having breakfast with this particular man in this large church, all of a sudden I get a phone call about five months later, and he's on the phone crying going, oh, my gosh. He says, I've been living in law since i've been born like what do you mean he says i found this book this guy gave me written by john kellogg <laughs> and set it <him> free <laughs> <laughs> i love jesus hey. i also have another friend here today uh kenneth mcdonald say hey kenneth everybody hey. kenneth's a hey. great friend been a mentor as well in my life uh Kenneth is an amazing man of God, too. He carries prosperity with him everywhere he goes. One of the most giving men I know. Um, And if you get a chance to meet him, he has sown in more people. We'll have groups, and we'll get them together. And Kenneth, for free, will speak into their lives. And I've got testimony after testimony in our church where people have become authors now who are now prospering in the kingdom um, and increasing their ability so they can prosper more now. And so Kenneth has a great revelation on that in helping the body walk out of poverty into and it's not the old uh, prosperity message it's the reality of who you really are and what creative gift you have and the lord allows you to apply it so you can begin to prosper with it whatever that may be and also um kenneth at any point if if you get a word for the church please just let me know um kenneth also was, i had the privilege of being mentored by bob jones for five years every monday for five years got to sit under bob jones and he's one of his bob jones sons so if he's got a word i'll listen Amen. So, um, of course, and Todd and Tina, thank you. Uh, you guys are family. So, what else can you say? <laughs> He's seen my good, the bad, the ugly, and everything in me. So, it's been an honor. Okay, so we're going to have a little fun this morning, if that's okay. Is it okay to be me? Because yeah. if it's not, I'm going home. I'm messing with you. All right, what I, I feel like what the Lord said to me when I drove up this morning, we were going through the neighborhoods, that this particular neighborhood behind you and around you have seen so much tradition that they are fed up with church. The people living in these homes have got an aunt or an uncle or somebody who has been living in legalism for so long and have pushed down religion on them for so long that there's no life in it and there's no reason for them to drive by a church to go into it. Because they have, what they have found when they go there, they just keep getting into a rut. Some of us in this room are in a rut, and a rut is nothing more than a shallow grave. Yeah. The life that Christ has given us is to speak in us, was to give us the ability to express the fullness of Christ on this earth. I tell our youth all the time and, and my children and, and our church, you know, when, when I live and I literally move and have my being in him, if I no longer live and the life I now live is in him, I'm going to say in him, then whatever he wants to do, all I have to do is express by what? Being obedient. Who am I to tell him to sit down when he wants to dance? Who am I to tell him to shut up when he wants to shout? The life I now live, I live in Him. And the journey that we're on, the, a lot of times when we're, the first part of my journey was independence of the Lord, meaning that I was always trying to do something for Him. I would find my identity in my function. The problem with that was when my function wasn't functioning, I'd lose sight of my identity. And, and along the way, is it okay if I give out words to people? Okay, because I've already seen a several. I've given a few out already. Uh, but is it okay, sir? You want the, the good-looking son better than you? you know, we talked about that. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I saw you on a workplace, a site. God has given you a lot of wisdom. You know how to do stuff, but you're at a place where you can't have your ideas fully manifest yet. And it's kind of frustrating maybe at times. But I feel like the Lord's saying there's going to be an opening about to happen either on your site or wherever, but that block is about ready to be removed. And you're going to step into the place where wisdom has been speaking to you. And God's going to honor you because you've honored others because of their ignorance. Does that make any sense? Okay. Um, Now, doing this, you got to understand if I'm going to be me, I'm going to be like, choo, choo, okay? (laughs) Now, if we're going to be a family, remember how we opened up the service and I said, walk around. Now, I don't know if anybody took any notes, but here's what I will take note of when I go into especially our services. If everybody assumes the role or protocol, it becomes a method. So they'll find their seats. And what we do is we get into our prayer closet in our congregations. But the prayer closet was meant to be where? In the closet at home or wherever. I mean, I don't care if it's in here, but the point could be in your car. But when we come to church and we gather, the reason why the Bible says we gather is for the edification of the saints, right? So if one person's always doing it, the only problem with that is the rest of the body is not doing their part. So what we do is we become spectators. But what the Lord wants us to do is learn how to live to give. And the moment we begin to give away what we have received from the Lord, and we give it away, then other people begin to live. So when we did that, here's what it will look like. In the beginning, they'll get, we'll get in our, we want to get spiritual. We get our, spirit, our spiritual on, right? Because music will move you. And, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, person right beside you is dying. Oh, yeah, person over here is, you know, figuring out what direction they're going in life. And we'll come in, and we become sterile. And that means you can't produce anything if you're sterile. No seed can be planted. But when the body begins to awaken, it's going to be a different look. And this is one of the challenges I'm going through with maybe our congregation. Because, because what religious spirits are is they're very subtle. Very subtle. The Lord showed me in the spirit what a religious spirit looks like. It looks like a maggot. And it burrows into the back of your mind and it, and it uh, defies the meat. In other words, it burrows into the back of your mind where the meat is. That's why we have to stay on milk. Because those religious spirits get you to drive right by Jesus. They did it to the Pharisees. They did it. To, they, listen, the, the Scripture says if they'd only known their day of visitation. Yeah. And now what I've been awakened to more and more is when I find the Lord, I always look for Him now, and when I find Him, I find His presence. You can have anointed people who are carrying presents, but when the Lord shows up in the room and begins to manifest, like He did on the road of Emmaus... With their hearts burned within them. When he begins to manifest, then I want to be like a bloodhound. I want to be like my beagle that won't stop barking all night long until we bring her in and she gets a scent. And so the Lord, what, he, what, he, what he's doing, he's beginning to reveal himself to the body as a person. And now what I'm starting to do is say, where are you at work right now in the body? Because the glory comes on what he is doing not what I am doing. If I can find out where he's at work, then I can come join him. Yeah. See, I'm in a family business with him. I'm a partner. Yeah. Come on. The Lord is at work in somebody's life all around us in our churches or in the streets, and we'll walk right by because we're still living in tomorrow or yesterday. Right. I'm gonna read, if you don't mind, out of John 11. Amen, sir. While I walked over there, I saw a bunch of young. Is this your son? Or is this a, He's your buddy. Yeah, that's right. Well, I was getting ready. I'm, I was getting ready to say. I saw these young men around you, like this guy right here, and uh, you are. I see campfires. Yeah. <laughs> but this is also what I see. I just saw i 'm going to say what I saw you were sitting there, and you begin to manifest the presence of the Lord around the campfire, and you looked up, and nobody was sitting in the chairs. They all fell off the benches, and they literally when they went down in the spirit, when those boys came back up, they became men' Amen. That's what I just saw <clears throat> so John eleven and I could read all of that, but I'm not. I'm just going to go to 17 because I want to take it when um, Lazarus is sick and Jesus is going, he's sick, and, but we're not going to go visit Lazarus basically till he dies. Now, that's a hard place to be when you've got a lot of pressure because, see, religion will put a lot of pressure on you, trying to get you to do something independent of God. And so when I come into that place where I understand what my true nature is, well, how, did Jesus be, well, how was Jesus able to live a life where he only did what the Father did and only said what the Father said? There was a oneness. And remember that prayer? He prayed that we would be one with him as he was with the Father. You know all the angels in heaven and, and the Holy Spirit, they're continuing to answer that prayer that you will become one and not an independent person from the Lord but dependent, dependent on God. So in the scripture in 1117, it says, Now when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him, but Miriam remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here my brother would have not died. But even now I know whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha says to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection and the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. Now, This is one of the things that the Lord has really, the Holy Spirit's really been teaching me is how to live outside of time. We are bound by time on this earth, but Jesus is outside of time. And where do we live? In him. Where do we move? In him. Where do we have our being? In him. You basically get to travel forward or backward in time if Jesus decides to do that. Do you know that? That's why some of you can get healed when the Lord shows you something from your past and he brings an answer to you when something happened to you in your childhood. But how does he do that through the Spirit? Now, Martha had a problem. We already know that Martha already had an issue, that she was too attentive about busyness. She ministered unto the Lord and he said what she was doing was needful, okay? So Martha again shows up on the scene and she says, Lord, if you would have been here, my brother would have lived. Where was she living in? the past. Then she says, after he says he will rise again, she goes, yes, Lord, he will rise again in the resurrection. Now where is she living? In the future. future. But then he says, I am the resurrection and I am here now. If there's one thing I want you to walk away with this morning is how do you find Jesus now? Now, I'm gonna tell you a story that may help some of you in here because a lot of you are going through what I went through for many years. First of all, I gotta say this. I've seeing a few bands around some people's heads. And when I see those bands tighten, I mean, somebody in this room or some people may be going in this room where you're completely, there's no spirit in your life right now. It's almost like you are dry. The well is dry. You're actually frustrated. And I'm here to tell you right now that out of darkness, the light will come. Um, I'm not going to ask you to show hands, but can we just do a prophetic act real quick? Can we just say, Lord, Lord awaken, me awaken me to my true nature, to my, my born-again born nature. nature. This band, this band that, is me, that is hindering me, my family, my, family, my, finances, my finances, our health, our health. You, no you no longer have a right In Jesus' name, I dismantle you. you. In Jesus' name, name. now, Now. come off. off. In Jesus' name, name. amen. 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 I felt that breaking. The enemy is very subtle. So I have this... uh, Situation In Myrtle Beach, is a two-lane road. It's really long, and it's called Highway 90. If you've ever been down it, you know what I'm talking about. It's like 35 miles of tractors, <laughs> double yellow lines. And I was in a rush, and I'm trying to get from point A to point B. And I come up behind a tractor. Now, this tractor is not going to get out of the way for me. And there's double yellow lines. This is how some of us feel in the spirit. You know that you are called and you have a purpose, but you feel like this tractor is in front of you. You, can't, you know you can't betray the Lord, so you can't go around the tractor. So what you're doing is you're just trying to get by and get to that point where every day you will convince yourself of something good to get you to exist. I was there for many years. Now, here's the thing. The closer I got to the the tractor, I would drive up to it like, come on, man, get off the side of the road. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. When you get to this point in your life where you are so frustrated, everything that is not of God seems to pop out. (laughs) I wanted to do some things that were not nice to that tractor. I wanted to yell at that tractor, okay? And I turned, when the man turned around, I saw the face of Jesus. And I realized it was Jesus driving the tractor the whole time. And the Lord wanted me to know that he was slowing me down so he could speed up. Now, you're, there's a difference between being called and commissioning. See... All of us are called, but few are chosen. And what I mean by that is it's not like it's because you're a sinner. It's because there still is a process that we must go through that will commission us, that will bring us the fruit that is necessary to change other people's lives. So being behind this tractor for me seems like it's been years. But because I was willing to honor the Lord and not cross the double yellow lines and stay in due process of what he was doing in me. Because listen, the struggle, my friends, is not about what am I supposed to do. It's not about getting a bigger building or finally starting my ministry. The real struggle within you is being transformed into the image of Christ. It's a metamorphosis process, and your mind is literally being transformed into his mind. Could you imagine what it would be like if we walked in the fullness of the mind of Christ on this earth? The fallen nature of man right now is getting worse. Has anyone else noticed? Yes. What takes places in six months took six years for our morality to fall. Now six months goes by. See, the fallen nature of man is going to continue to get worse. But the good news for the church, the believers guess what? It's going to get rich. Yeah. It's going to get rich. And so that tractor, what once used to be my enemy, now I've become to understand was my friend. But the Lord had to give me eyes to see, to understand what was going on because the enemy is really good at pigeonholing you. I did something here this morning. I just made a dot. What do y'all see? dot. Todd said it for me. You may see that dot, but I also see a whole lot of white. This is how the enemy works. He gets you to focus on the dot. If he can get you to focus on this, you'll miss the big picture. And Jesus, when he shows up, is always the big Picture. if you preach doctrine you will only reach those people who believe in that style of doctrine but if you begin to start ministering jesus and he manifests he reaches everyone when fear shows up it always takes you to the dot how are you going to pay the bill what if it's a sickness oh my gosh it's filled with bitterness everyone's envy That's eventually what will happen when you focus on the dot. But if we can see the big picture in the spirit and be awakened to who we really are, our true nature, then you'll be big picture people and you begin to understand what God is doing in your environment and partner with him. Some of us will find ourselves staring at the dot thinking we're doing him a favor, railing against our leaders, trying to expose our inability to understand the word. I don't know about you, but... The scriptures said when the disciples were in front of the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the leaders, it said that they took note they were unlearned men, but they spent time with Jesus. I would any day, hands down, hang out with a man of God that has spent time with Jesus. I'm telling you, I have been around young people, and in this church there's a few already, I believe, that within six months you've already found the real Jesus, and you have more anointing and more presence in your life than a person that may have studied the Word for 25 years. I meet with a group of pastors every Friday, about eight of us, and we have a Bible study. And they are, Sandy, all into the finished work, thanks to John. This is what this whole meeting is about, the finished work. And here's what I found out for them, though. As their minds are being set free and renewed, the only difference is they don't, they're not at a place yet to know that if Jesus walks in the room, they'd never know it. They're free. Their minds are free. But when he comes in and the presence starts to show up, they wouldn't know it. Does that make sense? He's awakening us to begin to start finding him in the weirdest places. Everybody keeps running to the revivals because that's where the light is, but Jesus is in the darkness waiting for you. If we go to the darkness, I promise you, you'll find him. He's there. <laughs> so as we're being awakened to the following of the Spirit, because it says if you're, if you're the son of God, you're supposed to what? Be led by the Spirit. So what I'm finding out that the more I begin awakened to who I truly am, my true nature, then what begins to happen is all the lies have to shed. Okay, and I begin to start, it's kind of like the, the more I have matured, the quieter it gets. Does that make sense? I could be in a room and you could feel the presence of God coming so strong and I begin to ask him, where is he at work? And I'll see the children in the corner and they're twirling. And he says, I'm in the children this morning. But we never know it because we go on with our programs. So instead, I would say, we'll bring the children here. Bring them up here. Dance, have fun. They won't care if anyone's looking at that moment. Jesus is in them, and he's manifesting. And all of a sudden, they're running around. And and, and ooh, strong presence just came. And so they'll just start dancing around. And before you know it, we see it at our church more and more now because we're slowly moving that way. Then all of a sudden, the kids are just running out dancing and they're touching people. And we had one guy who had a mole on the side of his face that was a big black mole. He had it for years. We knew him. You know, when you saw him, you saw the mole. If you didn't see him, it was awkward. You felt uncomfortable a little bit because you didn't know what to say. One of our little kids just went up to him and said, No more spots, and hit him and just kept going. (laughs) The guy comes back about a week later and gives a testimony in front of the church and he said, I have to repent. He said, this little kid came and did that to me. I said, well, what what are we teaching our little kids? Just they can run around and smack people and say no more spots? (laughs) He woke up in the morning and it was gone. He brought a picture in and it was gone. It didn't take emergency tongues to get it off him. God doesn't respond to fear. It's not his nature. Yeah. And you don't have a spirit of fear. But the more we're awakened to who we really are, the more peace we walk in, the more shalom we bring to the world. Come on. And so I think if we're going to find Jesus, it's going to take a family effort to do it because organized structures won't allow that to happen. Right. I'm not talking about running rampant. I'm not talking about you know, let, let sloppy agape not talking about i'm talking about fathering yeah. truly fathering now listen guys i want to share something with you too i've got a whole message right here with scriptures and line upon line would you like me to do that for you i just don't feel like that's what the lord wants right now i think he just wants me to share my heart yeah. is that cool Absolutely. <laughs> let me look in here real quick and make sure i didn't miss anything lord Oh, man. And the more awakened you come, the more fun you have. You happen to notice on Sunday morning when we have communion, the size of cups we use? That's about as much spirit that's moving in the church these days. And we know the wine represents the spirit. And we're drinking out of cups this size. Could you imagine what Peter would have said if he walked into our room and you handed him a cup this size? The Spirit was supposed to be poured out without measure. But we like to measure it. Contain it. Put it in our refrigerator and try and keep it and live in the past. That's right. Like Martha. Living in yesterday or tomorrow. See, if I live in today and I'm awakened, that means everything begins to speak. Everything becomes quickened in Him. I was ministering to a homosexual in our church, which I love homosexuals. I love them to pieces. Um, I don't love the lifestyle. But I know that they're there because love wasn't. Love will always disarm the enemy. But you can't fabricate love. You can't even try and be kind. That's the fruit of the Spirit. It just manifests and He just awakens you to it and you become it so i'm ministering in this room and this was about a year ago and as i begin to minister to this guy there's a we had another guy in the room kind of like i don't know he wanted to come in for security or something i didn't care and then we and then we had howie in the room he's our senior pastor and we're sitting in the room and we're beginning to minister to him and all of a sudden while i'm talking to him the heavens kind of i didn't even know this happened and this is the weird thing about the transfiguration that's going to happen to many of y'all in this room Remember when Jesus was transfigured? What happened to him? His mortal body was quickened, wasn't it? Literally, he began to glow. If it can happen to Jesus in the flesh, can it happen to you? The problem with the body of Christ is they'll preach it, and we believe it in the Word, but you're not allowed to take it out of the book. As long as it stays in the book, we're okay. Okay. So I'm beginning to get transfigured in this room. I didn't know it. It just happened. And this was the craziest thing. I begin to uh, have dreams reminded to me for the past 20 years that were flashing through me, and I was seeing every one of them. Dreams were going... (laughs) While I'm ministering to this person. I don't even know what I'm saying at this point, but this guy over here beside me, his leg is going... (laughs) I mean, he is. This guy over here who I'm ministering to is just weeping and crying, and he's going, and he and he said, I have never admitted it to anyone. I've hid it all. This guy had a porn site. He was going to our church and giving children gifts. Had a porn site. And it's all being exposed right there. He's just dumping it all out. This guy, how he's just looking at me like, what in the world's going on in here? Dreams are flashing through me while I'm beginning to minister to this guy. I get up out of the room and as I begin to get up out of the room and walk, as I'm walking through the hallway, I'm walking by and I'm seeing everybody's dreams. I'm walking in, I'm going, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm in it, but I didn't know I was in it. I was manifesting the presence of God in such a way that the fullness of God took over me and I was possessed by him. And at that point, I begin to see and hear everybody's issues in one nanosecond. As I begin to walk through the crowd, then as I'm walking to my car and we're leaving, I'm sitting there and my wife is just staring at me and my boys and they're going, you're glowing. (laughs) I'm going, okay, let's go eat. (laughs) Now I'm at the restaurant and, this, the, and, and, and the Holy Spirit's coming off of me now. And now I'm coming back to this, car, this natural man. And all of a sudden, now I'm feeling really weird. And I kept asking my, my wife, going, where have I been in the last, what happened to me? What? And she's just going on going, telling me all these crazy testimonies that were happening. This isn't just for me. I'm not a prophet. I don't consider myself a prophet. I take no title other than Jesus. You know, if we keep itemizing the gifts, then, then you're just going to get the one gift you like the best. Come on. <laughs> yeah. If you have the full mind of Christ, He can be whatever He wants, when He wants, and how He wants to be it. Amen. And all you have to do is express it. Yeah. What is the real obedience factor? Where is the real fear that you really would have to stand up in a group of people and talk like I am right now? I trust Todd enough that I've kind of took y'all way out. That way, when he comes way in, that wineskin has been stretched. It has been massaged because that's where this church is headed. What I mean is not unfounded truths. We're talking about Jesus manifesting because that community out there have seen tradition and they have seen uh, religion, but they have not found life yet. But this place is a plant you don't look like some radical church on the outside but I promise you you're a bunch of fruit Loops and a bowl of Cheerios <laughs> <laughs> yeah ma'am in the back green shirt you got a beautiful smile yes ma'am I see you a bridge and a connector of cultures and I don't know if you sing or not or, or if you have any musical gifting in you, but there's art all over you to me. And it's like um, there's this gift in you that it's like when people come around you, you light them up. It's, you almost feel as though when I closer I get to you, I'm like, ooh, that gift is going, whoop, 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 I want out. You know, it's, it's a gift that you have that you literally, your nature, you literally just walk into the room and don't have to say much. You just light up the room. But, but it's also, it's, it's, it's like a charge. The Lord just uses you that awakens people and you'll walk by them and they'll start, here's the thing, you'll start thinking about something and you'll dismiss it. But what happens is you're awakening people, they just haven't caught it yet. So really, if I want to be a better singer, I just go sit beside you. And I, I believe me, my family wants me to sit beside you. They really do. My church does too. We, um, we're literally learning. One of, the boy, one of the things with the children in our family, one of the things the Lord taught me about was he did not want me to burden them with a bunch of law. And, uh, and what he wanted me to do is really teach them how to hear the voice of the Lord and allow my children to follow his voice because they're his sheep. They hear his voice not the voice of another So we'll go on adventures. Now, let me tell you, I love serving the Lord in this state because it's really adventurous. A lot of us will go spend $9 to go to a movie theater and live someone else's adventure. But I would rather live my own adventure. And so we have this thing at the house where we'll just come up with silly things to just reinforce what we do. And I'll say, like, Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the way. The only thing I have to do is listen and obey. The simplicity of following Christ. It is so simple, religion has complicated it. The reason is because all we really have to do is put our antennas up. And then, where's he at? Where's he at? But what religion does, it'll let us breeze right by him, those little subtle spirits. And we'll we'll even look like we're having good spiritual time. But the whole time, he's somewhere in the room doing something else while we're being all, you know, spiritual. So one of the things is that I woke up one morning, and my son was going to have a birthday party. So I asked uh, the Lord what would you like me to do? Because I had to shore up some things that weren't very safe. We had a pool deck. I had to put some things on my son and he did this crazy video. They're very talented boys and he invited all his friends through a chroma key screen where he did this real funny video and it went viral with all his friends. So we didn't expect that many kids. (laughs) So I'm thinking there's gonna be kids running all through our property and I had wood piled up for years and we have a lot of snakes on our property. And I got him out and I asked the Lord, I said, what do you want me to do? He says, go inside, get the boys. You're going on an adventure today. I said, okay. So I said, Noah, Luke, want you? Let's let's go. He said, I want to teach the boys how to hear my voice today. I said, okay, Lord. And so we went outside and all of a sudden, the first thing they do is they're cleaning up and in a fishing net, I don't know if it was Luke or you who saw for first, Luke, there's a copperhead stuck in a fishing net. That's the first thing we ran into. All right, we took his head off. and said, no, Jesus, name you out of here. Noah feels led to go down a little further behind this little tent thing where we had a stack of wood and he looked right at me and said there will be three poisonous snakes he looked at me and said there will be three poisonous snakes under these boards I said call me when you find them (laughs) so I went over here now while I'm over here the Lord speaks to me and says you're going to find a black widow now isn't this weird all this in one day Within 30 seconds, I found the black widow. He was inside a bucket, and they killed it. And all of a sudden, Dad got one. He found his first one. Then he found his second one. And then at the very last board, and I'm going, Mr. Faith, going, oh, I can't be no more. He's going, no, Dad, there's one underneath that board. I know there is. I said, just pick up the board, and the big one was underneath it. Three copperheads took off his head. The next day, we go to another part of the property, because i got to clean up the whole property, And we're underneath the porch. And I was like, son, you don't have to worry about no copperheads around here. The dogs would find them because our dogs are hunters. I said, there's no way they could be living in the dog's dens. Noah looks at me. He goes, dad, I'm really feeling there's, there's danger. I'm like, son, you'll be all right. We literally walked around a copperhead. Me, both of my sons were in a room no bigger than maybe this square with a copperhead. And all three of us in it, and none of us ever got bit. We never saw it. Until we came out. Took his head off. The next day, the Lord sent me to another part of our property. And my youngest one comes out. And he tells me exactly where two copperheads will be found. And they were found there as well. And we took off their heads. Basically, we had a nest. And they produced babies. It's not that we have tons of copperheads all the time. Even though we have a lot of snakes because we live on a swamp. It was the fact that they laid a nest. And these little babies were out everywhere. But the Lord was teaching them how to hear the word of the Lord for themselves. So the big picture was what? Don't be afraid. I am your Lord. I am your rear guard. I am your foregod. I got you in the palm of the hand. No one can snatch you out. I am. Amen. And it seared inside their spirit the ability to trust God by hearing his voice. And um, the the big picture one, I'll give you this one, and and I'm actually going to probably start wrapping it up here. But the big picture one, one of my favorite stories I love to tell, um, when Noah and I, when Noah was maybe a year or eight or nine, I can't remember how old he, they they keep me straight. We decided we were going to go on a canoe adventure. So we went and cruised down the Waccamaw River, and found a tributary where we could get into. And then we decided we were going to go hiking in the woods together. And me and my son went hiking way back into the woods where it was like no man's land. No one really ever visited there. And we found a safe. I'm not kidding you. And it wasn't a little safe. That thing was big. It was not, not with this on top. It was big as this thing. And, fat and longer. And it was locked in the middle of the woods. What would you do? Just curious, what would you do? <laughs> Who said run? <laughs> Probably the smart thing to do. But old smart dad didn't think that way. He thought we should dink at home. <laughs> so we, I picked up this safe, big safe, and took it every four feet until I. It was crazy enough to drop it in a plastic canoe. Me and my son are rowing home, and I'm going, we got a safe. (laughs) This is going to be good, son. It's locked. No telling what's in it. Excitement. Finally got it home, got it in the front yard, and looked at it and said, how do we get in it? So I'm thinking, okay, crowbars, hammers. So we go at this thing. I finally break the padlock off of that thing, and we go to open that safe up, and I'm just waiting to see what's in it, and it was empty. Now, if I was looking at the black dot, it would have made it negative. But because I can follow the Spirit of the Lord in my life now, the Holy Spirit is my teacher, He shows me the big picture. And the big picture was that memory is seared in my son and I's adventure. It's about a father and a son having an adventure together. That's the big picture. And often we come to church and we can't see the big picture because the enemy has proposed to us a dot that we buy into. If you can really see the big picture, that means you're really moving in the mind of Christ. And that's why he frustrated the Pharisees and the Sadducees because they were all about the dot. having fun, Todd. We went down to uh, the woman's to my boys and I, uh, and wife as a family about um, six months ago during the summer, and the presence of God showed up when we were just as a family ministering. I was, I was, it was about where we are now. I feel like where the presence was, and as we began to minister to this one lady. She had oxygen, and a lot of these women had the ankle bracelets on because they couldn't leave this little facility because they were, just came out of prison or jail. And as I begin to minister to the lady with my boys, actually Luke and Noah and my wife, our whole family, the power of God came in and the presence of God came in so strong that she couldn't, she didn't know, she freaked out. That's all I can tell you. She's going down. She's going, what's happening to me? What's happening to me? She gets to the ground. I'm not kidding you. She gets to the ground. And the presence is so strong. She starts trying to crawl under the chair to get away from us because she was getting delivered. Now, This interesting thing about this, and the reason I'm telling you this story is because I don't want us to fall prey to the supernatural in in, in a way that can hurt us. Um, She goes up underneath the seat to try and get it. But here's the thing. The next day, she goes to the hospital to get her chemo, and the doctors go frantic because... They're not finding anything in her, and they need her original charts. They literally had to send a technician to her original hospital because they had the original charts there to verify that she had what she said, what they thought she had. She was totally healed, okay? And that's something to... But the thing about this story is that same woman would not give thanks to God. See, it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance, And it's not that I would judge this woman, but here's the thing I've learned about the supernatural. Often the supernatural won't always change you. It's nice to be able to have the encounters. And every encounter I shared with you was was with relationship with Jesus. I didn't share an encounter with you outside of Jesus. But these encounters, then when we have them, and that's why Jesus cried when he said, if they had only known they would not have missed the day of their visitation. This Jesus was praying for people while they were getting healed. Blind eyes were opening and the dead were being raised. Some of them were healed themselves because it says if they could contain all the things that Jesus did, all the books would not be able to handle it. Right. So many of those people may have gotten healed, but the thing about it that's interesting is there are some of many of the same ones who are jeering to crucify him. It's in our relationship with the Father Through Jesus Christ, that I live and I move now. When 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 the Lord comes to you and asks you, Am I enough? That's a testing question. When you're an ambitious person once in your life and you want desires and goals and purpose, and the Lord just says to you, Am I enough? If you do nothing more, am I enough? I think that's the place that the Lord wants to bring us to. That He is everything. Yes. And He is the greatest treasure that you'll ever hunt. When you spend more, get more excited about getting home from work and shutting your closet door or shutting your door just so you can experience the love of the Father. When you can just walk in a state 24 7 because you're not living in the future or the past, but you're living in the present right now with the great I am, with Jesus, and this is your day. You don't have to worry about anything else but what he wants you to see today. That, my friends, is the richest man in the earth. Present and past just tells me you're still searching for something. But when you find Jesus, and you really find Jesus, it changes everything.